Welcome to Insightful Essence, the podcast that uses self-awareness from a neurological perspective. By learning the biological components of our mood, relationship problems, emotion management, and other things, we remove judgment and replace it with empowerment. I am your host, Rosalind Perez, mental health counselor and life coach. Let's get ready to rise above survival. Welcome to another episode of Insightful Essence, the podcast where we examine patterns, behaviors to better understand and improve our chances to get in control and empowered of empowerment in our lives. So today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the relation between mindfulness and success. So before I jump into this, I want to make sure that I take the time by uh, to explain each concept to then incorporate the both of them and how we can benefit from them. So I'm going to start off by talking about mindfulness. What is mindfulness? In simple words, is the act of being and staying in the present. Because when we're in the present, we have a better chance of picking up on signs and things that may be contributing to reactions and behaviors in our lives for them to make a choice whether we want to keep those behaviors and patterns or we no longer want them in our lives. However, we all have a huge challenge when it comes to staying in the present. And it is our ability to transport from the past to the future and to the present. So we all have like an internal time machine. And here's why. Every life experience that we have, that we're exposed to in our body and our minds gets stored. Let's say that we have our storage unit where all of our memories and our life experiences are there available to us. Not necessarily all of them, but a lot of them. And guess what? We're constantly looking to our storage unit in order for us to know what to do in the future. So we're constantly traveling from our past into the future because we use our imagination. We use the information from the past to prepare for the future, either to prevent, to protect us, or to prepare. However, we do that so often that we neglect our time in the present. We spend so much time evaluating what happened in the past in order for us to make sure that we keep safe or prepare in the future to where we want to go or to get ahead, that we rarely spend time in the present. And that's why mindfulness can be so helpful because it is the only time that we can ever do something and we can make changes. But we're constantly thinking of like the things that happened in the past and then we're like looking into the future to see how we can prevent We get little opportunity to cause change. And mindfulness is the window of opportunity for us to pick up on patterns, thought processes, body languages and signs and symbols for us to say, hold on, this is what I'm experiencing, for us to reflect and make a choice right then and there. So here's what typically we tend to do. Let's say that I went to a restaurant and invited a couple of friends and we all got sick to our stomach because of the food that we got in that restaurant. 
So chances are, if I'm going to invite my friends into a similar event or situation where I invite them over to dinner, I'm going to, because of that experience, I want to make sure that I look at the reviews and I spend time looking for restaurants in the future that are they good? Is their food good? And this is just an example of how our brain works, but we're constantly doing that with so many things. Don't get me wrong. I am not saying that preparation and planning in advance is a negative thing. What I'm saying is that if we continuously function in that sense, we're always looking because of fear of things that happened in the past not to happen again, then this could increase our level of stress and anxiety and overwhelm because we're rarely spending time to decompress to say okay I'm gonna I definitely don't want this from happening again I don't want to get sick to my stomach so I'm gonna make sure that I prepare but then after that I'm able to stop and enjoy my surroundings my present time the meal that I'm eating the air that I'm breathing I'm able to feel the steps in my food like against the floor. And these are just examples of how do we get ourselves a break. But here's the thing. A lot of the things that we do are founded in our survival brain because we want to make sure that we don't repeat things that we're fearful of, that they work, that it worked for us. We perceive them as a threat, subconsciously, of course. And we're always constantly preparing and overdoing. And then we make that a pattern, a way of thinking, a way of living. Because it grants us a sense of security. But in reality, it's not security. It's anxiety because a lot of times we don't have control over things going back again. Going bad. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with preparing is whenever we overdo it. Whenever we cross over a bridge of wanting to make sure that we have so much control over things in reality, we don't have control. So all of this to explain the benefits of us creating a balance and incorporating activities and practices that allow our brains to take a, breath, a break and be in the present time. Because it is in the present time that we get to decompress and not overthink and, and, and enjoy and really enjoy life. For any person that says, I would like to have a better work-life balance, guess what? A lot of times that would mean to stop running and pursuing things and chasing over things that we think that it will cause us gratification. But the more that we train our brain to be future focused, the less opportunities we will have time to enjoy the things that are in the present. And guess what? That time that we lose, we will never get back. So I'm going to elaborate and I'm going to continue to incorporate more things in relation to mindfulness, but not before talking more about what success is. Success, on the other hand, it's an idea that it's so different for many people. It's a 
set of goals for a lot of people that once they accomplish, and it's just an accumulation of a lifestyle, not only goals, but a couple of things may be happening all at once that will contribute for that sense of accomplishment. Then when we look back at different areas in our lives, we feel as successful, but these look very different for every person. However, something that we rarely talk about is that success is really deep down a mindset that is rooted in our subconscious brain. Our subconscious brain is not always connected to our conscious brain. Our conscious brain is connected to language, to irrational thinking. And that is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that sometimes we use that rational brain to fool ourselves into convincing that the things that we do are necessary for us to be successful. However, that success and the feeling that we are joy, that we're accomplished, really comes down from that subconscious brain. And we do a lot of work that tackles the success at a conscious level, but never or rarely at a subconscious level. So we want to understand the influence of the subconscious brain into our success, into our idea of being accomplished and being in joy with life and feeling that we have a work-life balance and that we're experiencing and we're living life to our best of our capabilities. But here's the thing, a lot of our mindset, our reactions, our patterns that sometimes get in the way are coming from things that are have been unresolved from our childhood, from our life experiences, yet we use a rhetoric with our language in our consciousness level that keep us from doing work or actually doing practices that will tackle our success mindset at a subconscious level. So for example, if because, and I'm just gonna use this as an example, if for me, not having much while growing up, living in poverty, I felt that other, let's say that other children were bullied me because of how my appearances, the things that I didn't have, my sneakers or clothing, and I just grew up in that sense. I just like said to myself, I want to make sure when I grow up, I surround myself with nice things and I buy things and I have a home and I have shiny new objects and I get clothes and shoes. And then when I grow up, my focus is just like on accomplishing all of those things. Let me just put a pause. There's something wrong with buying things. What I want to highlight here is that underlying need where it's coming from because subconsciously I attach the value on those things but guess what then new things come up in the market and then I just continue to pursue the new things the shiny things new homes new shoes new clothing and, and I just continue to feel that in order for me to be successful I just to continue to maintain that but then I just have this sense that it doesn't matter how much, how many things I buy. I just don't feel that I'm ever satisfied because I just have to continue to make sure that I continue to buy these things in order for me to feel success. 
that it's where we may not have been focusing on success mindset at a deeper level. Because when we do the work at a deeper level, guess what? You can continue to buy new houses and new shoes and cars and new shiny things. But if you don't, then it's not going to make a difference. It's not holding any control over you. So by doing work and by challenging and really connecting deep down with our fears, with our belief systems that are telling us that we need X, Y, C in order for us to be valuable, those are the things that we want to look at and to reach deep down because they're not accessible to us. The good news, and here's where I would like to start incorporating how mindfulness can be so beneficial to our success is that our bodies, our minds are always communicating with us. It's just that we have gotten to the habit of ignoring so many signs that we don't know how to connect or reconnect back with our true selves and pay attention to the things that we like that makes us feel complete joy and the things that we don't like. So how can we reconnect? I'm going to talk about utilizing five principles to help us develop self-awareness through mindfulness in order for us to be guaranteed success. Because we have five main areas in our lives that are so important for us to nurture and to attend in order for us to feel complete and joy and true success in life and fulfillment. So area number one is our physical health, is our physical body area, which is constantly communicating with us. If I feel that I, I'm having issues in my relationship, guess what? I know where to look. My stomach just gets so churned and butterflies, but sometimes in a good way or in a, in a negative way, depending on the circumstance that I'm experiencing in that relationship. So that's a physical sign through food. How do we attend to our pains, our aches? How do we nurture that physical side of us? But also how do we pay attention to whatever it's communicating with us? Because guess what? A, a lot of the information that our brain process is received through our bodies, through our sense of touch, through our smell, through our, what we eat, through what we hear. And our bodies are always communicating with us. When we increase our communication with our body, we have a better opportunity to pick up on things that we may like or we may don't like. How can we increase our communication? By exercising, by doing body scans, where we just like pay attention to every single part of our bodies, our feet, our knees, our thighs, our stomach, the back of our neck, the back of our ears. So that it's one area that we wanna make sure that we nurture and that we pay attention by using mindfulness. Another area is our psychological health. 
what's going in my mind? Not necessarily in form of words, but also in images. If I am driving and somebody cuts me off and the first thing that comes to my mind is like, what a jerk. Look, people are just so inconsiderate. Guess what? That it's information about how my brain reacts. Like psychologically, how much do I react that way? How easy? How frequent? How easy do I get annoyed? I have had clients that they've said, I just go from one to 10. I, I don't have a process. Everyone does. It's just that it is so frequent that it's like very quick. But that's information about ourselves. Another area that we can nurture is our social life. How are we with others? The social area is one of my favorites because we are social creatures. We're social creatures and biologically speaking, if somebody rolled their eyes at you, guess what? You're gonna feel it in your body. If somebody talks to you in a soothing voice and smiling, you're gonna feel comfort. You're gonna feel a sense of security. But if somebody starts yelling or screaming at you, you're gonna also feel it in your body through our mirror neurons. And sometimes it may feel as a threat. It may feel as a rejection. Or we may react because we just don't like how are we interacting or how we're experiencing that reaction from that other person. All of this is social. And it does play a huge role in our lives. A lot of the things, even success, why do we want to be successful for? For children, for partners, for social standing? Guess what? A lot of it is rooted in our place in society. So how are we doing in that area? Do we isolate? Do we hold back? Do we turn away from people? Because all of this will make a difference if you attend to this area in your life. The fourth area is our spiritual needs. Is how, what's our purpose? What are we living for? What's our place in the world? How connected are we from a higher being? For some people that can be, they can call it as God. For other people, it's nature. But what is what, what are we doing here in this planet, in this world, in society? The more that you're connected with that, the more joy you're going to experience in life. And the more passionate and motivated to continue to accomplish your goals and build relationships and to feel successful because success is the sum of all of these areas being met in your life. Last but not least, because these are not in order, number five is your personal life. Personal development, your, your personal well-being. How much do you love yourself how much you worth? How much do you honor your being? Regardless of what you do or you don't do, how's your relationship with yourself? Because if you don't have patience towards others, if you don't have compassion towards others, guess what? That's a reflection of who you are. And this is not coming from a place of judgment. 
is coming from a place of reject of reflection. If you tend to be quick with people, guess what? You're quick with yourself. If you tend to be angry towards others, then you're also hard on yourself. And everything, before we're able to work on any other area, we have to provide to us what we may want to provide to others, but we have to do it first. Because how can we give compassion? How can we give respect? How can we give love to others if we don't have that to ourselves? There's so much that we will be able to do with this. So these areas are important for us to reflect on and to work on and how to practice mindfulness. Breathing exercises for making sure that you do it in a slow way. And then you're using your attention by counting, by making sure that you're staying in the present time. Another form is grounding exercises. Paying attention to the things by using your senses. What are the things that I can smell? If I'm eating a meal, what are the, what are the ingredients that are in this meal? What can I taste? Is there a little bit of mustard? Is it pepper? Is there ham? I don't know, whatever you eat. Body scanning. Just sitting and noticing each part of your body by using the present time. One of my favorites and one of my client's favorites is the fly in the wall technique. There's so much that a fly can do if it enters a room full of people, just go into a wall and just like sit there by doing nothing. But we can adopt that and observe what's going in our body without wanting to interfere or intervene or do something. Learn about your emotions. What's, what are you noticing? Do you feel the urge of wanting to get up and run and just like go ahead and do something? Just observe that by becoming that fly in the wall but for yourself. And working out. There's so many more coping skills and self-soothing techniques. I'm just like summarizing into some of my clients' favorites. But working out is one of the best, if not the best, antidepressant natural antidepressant ever. It's a way of you honor your body, your love for yourself. And all of these will grant you access to be so in tune with what is it that you want in life and setting a path towards success. I hope that all of this information is helpful for you. If you know anyone that could benefit from this, please share this episode and leave me any comments, suggestions that you would like to hear in the future. I would love to hear those. And I appreciate your time in connecting with me and I see you the next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, Please don't forget to hit subscribe, share with others, post it about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks for listening.